Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. The word of God for the people of God. Author of life, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would be with us this morning as we reflect upon it, so that we might be transformed in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. For the next month, we're going to be taking a detour from the lectionary. We're going to spend five weeks talking about what it means for us to be the body of Christ, each one of us with different spiritual gifts to contribute. And there are a few different reasons for us to think about this topic at this time in the life of this congregation and at this point in the Christian year. First, we're in a season of the Christian year when many pastors are entering the pulpit to make a stewardship appeal. As this year starts to draw to a close, they're asking their congregations to think about how they will contribute to the finances of the church in the coming year. But let's be honest about something. We all know that we're all doing everything that can be done on that front. Whenever the need comes up for an unexpected bill, we've dug deeper into our pockets to find a way. So I don't think that there's much value to me standing here and giving stewardship sermons when you're already being so generous. Further, financial giving is the least of the treasures that are contained in the church. 
Yes, Jesus encourages the rich to give up their wealth. Yes, John Wesley called on members of the Methodist movement to give all they can. But these calls to renounce wealth are never simply for the sake of the money itself or for the sake of maintaining an institution. The wealth that passes through the church in the form of money has always been a mere tool that supports and empowers the true treasures in the church, the people of God, the spiritual gifts that they possess, and the ministries that they carry out for the transformation of the world through the gospel. So I think it will be a much more valuable use of our time to lift up these treasures in the coming weeks in order to remind ourselves of the great things that God has already given us. Second, we've just begun our membership classes for the fall. These classes allow us to prepare new members to enter more fully into the body of Christ. And so, as we are in a season of welcoming new members, it will be helpful for us to be reminded of the ways that all of us, the entire body, benefit from a diversity of gifts. When I was in seminary, our evangelism professor had us read an article that he wrote about radical hospitality. And the thing that has stuck with me from that article is that real hospitality means that in welcoming others, we open ourselves up to change as well. Welcoming others is not simply about asking them to change to conform to us, but a mutual relationship that leaves all parties transformed. In celebrating the variety of gifts that are given to us by the Spirit, we will be preparing ourselves to better welcome others into the life of the gospel. And third, as we near the end of the year, we're also entering into a time when the business of the church has to be dealt with at our charge conference. There are a number of decisions that are a part of this annual process, including the nomination of new officers to serve on the various committees of this congregation. As the chairperson for the nominations committee, it's ultimately my responsibility to ensure that our nominations committee is properly assessing the variety of gifts that we possess and using our gifts in the best ways possible. Our work is not done in a vacuum and is in fact best accomplished when those with the gifts are able to recognize where they can serve most effectively. So it's my sincere hope that as we explore a number of spiritual gifts in the coming weeks, you will be encouraged to nurture a gift within yourself or to encourage a gift that you see in someone else so that the whole body might flourish as we offer our gifts to each other. Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Because so far I've made quite a few references to the body of Christ without giving us a good foundation of what that means. Today we see Paul writing fairly extensively about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians. But this is also the metaphor he employs when talking about the community of believers in Romans, Ephesians, and Colossians as well. Paul gives us a fairly clear definition at the beginning of this passage, so let's take a look at that again. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that just like each and every one of us has a body that is made up of different parts, 
The church is the body of Christ made up of different parts. And just like each part of our body serves a different function while still being a part of our body, each follower of Christ serves a different function while still being a part of the church. Paul then goes on to explain something that on the surface seems self-apparent. If you start plucking out different parts of your body, then the whole body will suffer. He continues on to observe that we may value some parts of our body more because we're more aware of their impact and that we therefore afford them greater respect. So it's really easy for us to understand the importance of things like our eyes or our ears or our nose because we rely so heavily on the senses that they perceive. But other parts of our body we don't tend to regard as highly because their functions don't seem as immediately important. But the reversal that Paul is setting up is that in the body of Christ, it's the members that are undervalued that God most values. It's those who seem to have the least to contribute that God lifts up. And God doesn't do this so that there will be conflict or strife within the body of Christ, but in order that there will be harmony. Because as Paul writes, if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. And all of this seems fairly intuitive, right? We all have a function that we serve within the body of Christ. We all have different gifts and different roles to play. When there's injury to one of us, we all suffer. When one of us flourishes, we all flourish. But for as intuitive as this reasoning is, it's one that is sorely underappreciated, especially by those of us in the Protestant world. Because while we may recognize the value of different gifts in theory, what often happens in practice is that we seek out people who have the same gifts that we possess. We want to be around the people who think like us and who act like us. And as inheritors of the Protestant tradition, we know exactly how to handle disagreement. We separate ourselves from those who think differently and act differently. This is the exact reaction that we're witnessing in the global body of the United Methodist Church right now. It's what we've witnessed with schisms in the past two decades in the Episcopal, Lutheran, and Presbyterian, Presbyterian traditions. And those of us who've been in the church for any amount of time, we all carry stories in our own local congregations of schism, whether they're rooted in something like what color to paint the sanctuary or something like a differing vision for mission. But this reaction is not the intention for the body of Christ. As members of Christ's universal body, we are called to be united, even if we are not uniform. We are called to celebrate our diversity as a gift rather than as an obstacle. Writing about this passage, John Wesley remarks about the nature of withdrawing ourselves from others, which is also called schism, by writing, it is evil in itself to separate ourselves from a body of living Christians with whom we were before united. It is a grievous breach of the law of love. It is the nature of love to unite us together, and the greater the love, the stricter the union. 
And while this continues in its strength, nothing can divide those whom love has united. It is only when our love grows cold that we can think of separating from our brethren. And this is certainly the case with any who willingly separate from their Christian brethren. The pretenses for separation may be innumerable, but want of love is always the real cause. Otherwise, they would still hold the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And so it is right for us to take time to celebrate the diversity of gifts within the body, or else we run the risk of our love for one another growing cold. It's good for us to honor the gifts in one another so that we can be reminded that we all have our place in the body of Christ. And I recognize the reality of the situation. I know that we already live in a world in which schisms have torn the body of Christ asunder. But I also recognize the value of the prayer for the unity of Christ's body found in our hymnals that reads, Help each of us, gracious God, to live in such magnanimity and restraint that the head of the church may never have cause to say to any one of us, This is my body, broken by you. That the body of Christ has been broken by us in the past does not give us permission to keep breaking it apart. Instead, it creates a new invitation for us to be healers, to repair what has been done. And on this Sunday, Christians around the world celebrate World Communion Sunday. This is a day for us to celebrate our unity with our siblings in Christ around the globe and across denominational lines. This is one of our opportunities to witness to the world that we truly can be united as one body in Christ. And what a wonderful witness that is to a broken world. What a splendid example we can set to those outside the church, that even in difference, we still hold each other in love, that even in disagreement, we still celebrate the contributions of one another. In a sermon titled Catholic Spirit, John Wesley offers us this challenge and invitation. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion. This is the witness that our world needs. This is the good news that we proclaim simply by the act of being one body, though there are many of us. Our love is deeper than our opinions, and our unity, which comes from the Spirit, cannot be overcome by any power of this world. Amen. Would you all please pray with me? Jesus Christ, who is the head of the body, unite us in your love. Give us the grace to lift one another up. Give us the courage to share our gifts without fear. Give us hearts that beat in time with your spirit so that all the world may see your good news proclaimed in the love that we have for one another. Amen.